Welcome to Counterintelligence. This is Eric LeVay. Today's guest is Mother Jones journalist Allie Breland. Thanks to Patreons Dana Berry, Andre Donka, William Healy, Angela Jackson, Zacharias Zizkor Kaminsky, Sasha Millstone, Craig Pierce, Greg Schneider, and Jason Zimmerman. Allie Breland, welcome to Counterintelligence. How are you, man? Hey, I'm super good. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you, Allie. Um, I want to. So you're a reporter at Mother Jones who specializes in disinformation and technology. Um, and I wanted to. We're going to talk about your article, uh, which is <laughs> really has a great title. Uh, let me just read it. Uh, How an old hippie got accused of astroturfing the right wing campaign to reopen the economy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Why don't you just go ahead and uh, why don't you go ahead and just take us into this piece? Start anywhere you want. We we really want to hear about this one. Yeah, um, I'll just go into reporting. I was uh, in my house on like Saturday night, and one of our um, someone on our team put in Slack the the original Reddit thread about how um, basically there was a bunch of domains being purchased uh, in the name of these protests to reopen the economy uh, in the face of coronavirus. And um, so someone did a big who is search on a lot of them. And they found out that this guy who named was named Michael Murphy uh, had been buying a lot of the domains. Uh, and so they, their mind immediately jumped to this being an astroturfing campaign. They accused him of, of like orchestrating it. Um, and then the thread blew up. Um, the thread didn't specifically name him, but it gave instructions on how to find the information and said that whoever was doing this um, was responsible for this campaign. And so I saw this thread really late. I started looking through the information myself, um, and it struck me as very odd. I looked into who Michael Murphy was. Um, and, you know, just like off first glance, you can't really tell like who a person is based off their internet profile, but it seemed very suspicious for me that a guy running a company in Jacksonville, Florida, who uh, is it's an environmental fr- environmentally friendly company that he runs. Um, it just seemed weird that he would be at the center of like a right wing plot. Um, I didn't know what the deal was, but I wanted to look in further. So I just took the information that was there um, and I called him. That information didn't work out because his phone was inaccessible because a lot of other people had the same idea. They were trying to harass him. They thought he, he was definitely this guy who was, who was a, a right winger trying to like reopen the government. So I eventually got through to him through a different number by calling his business. Um, and we talked and he had this whole different story where he just was earnestly trying to buy these domains. Um, and he ended up sending me documentation of conversations that he had emails with other people, um, because he had been trying to get rid of these domains. He'd been trying to find like groups, like, uh, progressive groups like moveon.org and other groups like that to see if anyone could take them and repurpose them. Um, and so prior to even talking to me, he had like timestamps and different things showing, um, all of this and just between that plus like talking to him, like it, it all seemed to check out and, um, so I ended up doing a Twitter thread on it. Uh, which did got a lot of traction. Then we did a full story. Um, some people, you know, the reporting wasn't good enough, and like there's like pushback because people really wanted to believe the narrative that they had, like already attached themselves to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just another case of Reddit vigilantism with the best intentions gone wrong. Um, this poor guy ended up getting harassed and doxxed because of it. Yeah, and you know, I wanted to put. I'm glad you uh, brought up that last part about how this. I wanted to put something out there in the beginning of this show as well. Um, we, you, you know, everyone listening to the show and you and I, we all know what astroturfing is and how that itself is a real thing. And, um, we know who in this particular instance with what's going on right now with these reopen protests, I, you know, I just wrote down two of the offenders, which everybody knows, which are the door brothers, um, and Greg McNeely, who is a sort of a, uh, operative with the Betsy DeVos. So I just want to put that out there because we know, and also so I can avoid the emails and tweets like, <laughs> yeah. you know, that I know you got too. I saw you having a, 
uh, you know, we, we, we understand this is a real phenomenon. That's not what this story is about. This is about a guy who was trying to, <laughs> he was trying to help. Yeah. I mean, I guess, uh, you know, maybe you could go back into, so what was, <laughs> let's go back into your story. What exactly happened from the beginning of Michael Murphy's, uh, odyssey down the Reddit thread, you know, uh, what, um, yeah, no, you're totally right. Like astroturfing or something adjacent to it is real and it's definitely happening here. But, uh, yeah, Michael Murphy, like he is because, so he registered all these domains and usually what happens when you do this is like, um, especially if you have something to hide or you, you suspect that people might contact you, you can register domains anonymously. Um, I don't think he anticipated that. Um, he didn't strike me. He, he's like fairly tech savvy. He knows how to operate things for his businesses and whatnot. But like, um, he also seemed like a guy who didn't spend all of his time online, so he wasn't thinking about these things. He just registered the, with his information right out there. And so people started calling him all the time. He had to unplug his phone. He was getting so many calls at the numbers that he registered with, which was his home phone. Um, he said that he was getting from what he believed were spear phishing attacks like all the time. Mm. Um, he said that it appeared as though people were trying to like hack his different accounts. He was getting notification or attempted login notifications for his Facebook, his uh, internet, his email, his other accounts like that. And, uh, his wife was pretty mad according to him. Um, <laughs> she was not pleased with yeah. uh, his, his attempt the, to, to help the, out. She, she thought the, it caused the, a lot of the worst, the worst part in this whole debacle, I'm sure for him. Uh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and, and so I have to say, like, when, when I, I went and read the Reddit post, and j- just to talk about, I have so many thoughts on just, like, Reddit in general, and, and I can't say I'm a prolific Reddit user, but the post, first of all, I went back to read it. It's so confusing, and also on top of that, it's been altered, and I had a lot of trouble since then. I was trying to look at it today before we did the show. The post has been changed. I tried to find, I went on the Wayback Machine. I was unable to find the original one. So I think that brings up like another a sort of an issue, which is that it's hard to even, you, you were able to get to the truth because you were on the story the same day. But even five days later, I'm trying to look into this and I can't even find the post. I mean, do you have any thoughts on uh, like how we can like, 19, it's now possible to change our own reality by editing things online? Yeah, so- um, that's definitely like a weak point with misinformation on, on Reddit's platform. Like Facebook, uh, the edits, the edit history is always there. So you can kind of see what's happened. Um, I think Reddit, the way the editing posts there, it's a bit of an honor system. And usually there's like etiquette and people will like put like update, edit, or like explain what they changed. Uh, but that's on the user. So like if there's not a mechanism in place, like there should be, because like you said, like it can cause these little problems. And in this case, like the issues in, in relative terms they're probably like not that huge like it's not great that this person can kind of cover their tracks in this way but like um ultimately like the implications could be worse for like more nefarious types of misinformation that spread um so yeah it's, it, it does create like sort of uh internet like epistemological issues and like what we know what we know that we know and what we don't know that we know as you yourself said to me when we were talking the person who wrote that post you know as far as uh misinformation they they weren't trying – it wasn't nefarious, and, and even the parts of it were, were true, which I found in some ways made it more dangerous because going back and just remembering the post, the, the person who wrote that post um, who has the name of Dr. Midnight, which somehow is just funny. I don't – like, like imagine telling your wife that your life just got destroyed because of somebody named Dr. Midnight. That's just kind of – it's like who? Uh, I don't know. That's just kind of funny. 
So, so the post starts off with he basically posted links to, uh, again, referencing something, some things that were going on with the Door Brothers. He posted BuzzFeed, reputable outlets. So in a way, it was interesting because the reader's brain, I found, is kind of primed at that point. You're like, to believe something. Uh, and then came the, the misinformation. Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, just how the psychology behind that, uh, Ellie? Yeah. So I, I, I'm, I'm going to assume that this poster had the best intentions. That's like the sentiment I got. I don't know for sure, but like, I assume that this is just like, uh, someone who's trying to do well, but they inadvertently like, uh, copied like a pretty useful tactic for spreading misinformation. You combine it with things that sound really real, um, that are actually real that like lull the reader into like believing that you know what you're saying is actually true and then you combine it with like extra stretches or gaps that like um you know you've already established that you're trustworthy and you're citing real things so like it's maybe not that much of a gap to believe like uh, a potentially false or incorrect claim or an unverified claim based off of that um another big thing i've been reporting out lately is um wellness influencers and like uh, pseudoscience people and their claims around coronavirus and they'll do the same things where they like kind of have you they'll say things that do make sense like they'll be talking about like vitamin c or like uh ginger certain foods that like are good for you um but like and then they'll like jump overboard and like go really far and either saying that these things can like uh cure you in like ways way beyond like the capacity of what like uh foods of vitamin c have the ability to do or they'll like take a bunch of things that are real that are true like that and then they'll combine it with like really crazy like QAnon-esque conspiracy theories um so yeah it's like sort of bundling like in this weird way and it uh like you said it just makes it believable which is a problem within itself yeah i mean that's really the same thing that uh you know, the cults do. I mean, like, for for example, like, uh, you know, mo- like a lot of cults, uh, especially one big one that has its headquarters for the most part where I am in L.A., you know, it'll start off with like someone on a corner is like, hey, do you want to feel better about your life? It's like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, who? And then from there you go down the rabbit hole. Uh, but the initial thing is always kind of like something that that is relatable. Um, so, so exactly. My- yeah. So Michael Murphy had the best of intentions, which was he sees all these characters buying up domain names. He spent, did you say he spent four grand on these names? <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. He, he initially, like people were like also trying to like, this is something that like uh, internet sleuths uh, were like trying to go after me for. They're like, oh, this doesn't make sense. So he, he's, he bought over 200 domains. He initially bought like reopen and then like uh, state abbreviations. And so like he bought every two letter state abbreviation that he could. And then what people don't realize is he also bought other abbreviations. So like for California, he bought like reopen CA, then mm-hmm. reopen CAL and then reopen like CLIF. And then he also did the same thing uh, for like liberate. So like liberate Maine, like liberate ME and then like for every state, like every variation. So that ended up being over 200 domains and then plus the privacy fees, like it costs more to make your domain anonymous. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was all doing it on GoDaddy, which I, I don't think is like the cheapest website to do this. Um, so yeah, it came up to about four grand. Four grand. Wow. For the, He paid four grand to be harassed by the internet. <laughs> That's yeah. It, it's it's an it's a it's a really uh it's an incredible story um so he buys all these domain names and then you know what the time frame was when like how long how long did he have is like some peace and quiet before the the post came up do you, do you know that timeline off the, off the top yeah of your head? it was about 24 hours i think he bought them on a 
I'm checking the dates right now, but he bought it on the 17th and then uh, one day. Yeah, so 17th, he bought it on about Friday night, um, which is when he noticed the, these things like starting to be used um, to begin with. I think he noticed the protest in North Carolina. And then Saturday night, the post took off on Reddit and then um, started to get on Twitter. And that was when, um, like, yeah, all hell broke loose for him and his wife, like in terms of their phone and their email. One thing that I found very interesting is the there's there's a sort of critical thinking aspect to people who don't spread misinformation, which was that again coming back to the the piece itself or the Reddit post itself, the Reddit user uh, Doctor Midnight, of course, uh, who we want to fully credit for his uh, outstanding work there. Um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I'm not trying to pile on. You know, people make mistakes, but it is again. I can't. It's just so funny to me that you're that someone named Doctor Midnight turned this guy's life upside down. I don't. That's just funny yeah. to me. As a, as a comedian. So he, he starts with this truth, which is that basically, I think it was Pennsylvania and Michigan uh, had these sites that were being purchased, I think, by the Door Brothers. But what's so interesting, again, from when we learn how to think uh, critically in life, is that somehow then we find someone else named Michael Murphy who's also buying sites. But as a journalist, like, this is where the, the facts are so important. There's nothing in that what I just said that says that Michael Murphy is a Trump supporter or that Michael Murphy was doing anything other than buying domain names. I mean, do you have any thoughts on just how we think and process information in that way? Uh, um, yeah, I think that like people often go to what makes like I guess like sense within the framework that they view the world and like that perpetuates a lot of different things like the most insidious like versions of that and the people who have that tendency to like the most um like extreme degree are like far right like conspiracy theorists and they like will lock within a certain worldview and like if you're a QAnon supporter just kind of sit there and no amount of information can change your mind you'll contort every piece of information um for it to make sense in this case these people were operating in like a little bit better faith um like one of the people who tweeted uh who made this go viral on twitter first i think it was like this i forget his name but i think he's like a game designer and sorry do you know what i'm talking about or i do i do because okay, i was going to yeah. say if it's the same person um i believe it's alt uh cyber unless i'm wrong about this oh was, or is that something maybe, else maybe they made it viral too it oh, was okay. this other guy i forget his name okay. but uh his his tweet got like ten thousand likes or something like that oh, but wow. he ended up retweeting my tweet about like trying to correct the misinformation which is like something that would never happen in far-right conspiracy land like people um like so in, in this case like everyone is sort of like i guess like biased towards their predispositions but like there's some willingness to correct um but i saw this exact same thing play out last month which is why i was ready to do the story actually um i don't know if you remember this but uh leftist twitter caught on this found this like nigerian account there's this like nigerian uh pete Buttigieg supporter did you see this <laughs> I at do. all i do I okay remember. yeah and so like this they end up like jumping on this guy they like but basically what had happened is this account tweets um like something to the effect of like saying that they're liz smith a top people to judge campaign advisor um and like it, it does look like that this guy made a mistake it is actually liz smith's account like we don't know for sure there's a lot of reasons to doubt that um uh, but that's just good enough for people who want to believe desperately that uh liz smith um who works for a campaign that they really don't like uh is is this person who's like making this like egregious mistake and so they run with it it goes super viral um until 
myself, uh, the supporter, uh, Jane, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. It starts with an L, BuzzFeed, um, and Olivia Nuzzi and Ashley Feinberg went and like tracked this guy down and ended up talking to him and interviewing him and like finding out who he actually was. Uh, but this kind of thing just like happens on the internet, like recurringly in cycles. Like people find interesting bits of information that are definitely worth pursuing, uh, but they go too far and make the conclusions before they do the work of reporting it out. This episode of Counterintelligence from Forensic News is brought to you by IT Pro TV. Start or grow your IT career with online IT training from IT Pro TV. And we have a special offer for counterintelligence from Forensic News listeners. A seven-day free trial and save 30% off all plans. A recent MIT study found that IT occupations have grown by 19.5% between 2004 and 2019. That's more than eight times the growth rate than for other jobs over the past decade. While earnings growth for those with college degrees has somewhat flattened since 2000, earnings have actually grown significantly for individuals working in IT. It's never too late to start a new career in IT or or move up the ladder, and IT Pro TV has you covered, from CompTIA and Cisco to EC Council and Microsoft. More than 4,000 hours of on-demand training, engaging hosts present information in a talk show format. They're live every day, and shows go studio to web in 24 hours. Courses are conveniently listed by category, certification, and job role. Stream IT Pro TV courses live and on-demand worldwide via Chromecast, Roku, Apple TV, PC, or their iOS or Android app. Learn IT, pass your certs, and get a great job with IT Pro TV. Visit itpro.tv slash counter for a seven-day free trial and 30% off all plans. Use promo code counter at checkout. That's itpro.tv slash counter and use promo code counter at checkout. itpro.tv slash counter and use promo code counter at checkout to try it free for seven days and save 30% off all plans. Right. That story was absolutely wild. And I am glad that you brought that up because there is, I think, another thing I want to talk about was the difference between a, a professional journalist and someone who is uh, online or on just posting things because a a professional journalist, like I was thinking, let's say you decided you were going to write the story. Like, let's say you, you were online and you saw that someone named Michael Murphy had purchased, you know, 2000 domain names. Well, that's definitely something that would strike your attention. But if you wrote the story, the only story would be that what I just said, you would never have taken that to mother Jones and been like, and he's a, He's a uh, a right wing whatever because that's not exactly. true. Yeah, uh, but they did but, make that jump. Ashley Feinberg does a really good job with these kinds of stories. She's right at Slate, and like, um, she for example found out again with Pete Buttigieg um, that there's this there's this person on Wikipedia, this Wikipedia editor who sits down and like has made all of these extremely suspicious, highly specific edits to Pete Buttigieg's uh, Wikipedia, not just now, but prior to him ever being in the public eye, like back in his mayoral races, this person was making like within seconds of like election results coming out, changing things like the photo of Pete Buttigieg on the Wikipedia was like added by this person. And like, this is a photo that the only people that have actually have access to the photo, um, are like the Buttigieg campaign and the photographer themselves. No one else, according to the metadata of the photo, it was like it would never hit the internet anywhere else. Um, and like it looks like it's Pete Buttigieg or like someone that's really close to him, but Feinberg didn't know this. She just put all of the facts down and was like, I can't make any conclusions. I don't have the final say, but like, and that's she, she did a good job of like putting all this inf- interesting information down without ever like going over the top and saying this is definitely the case without knowing that for a fact. I remember the morning uh, when that story broke about the Liz Smith and Pete Buttigieg and the the man in Nigeria, and <laughs> we, we were yeah we were we were talking about it in the private Slack channel that we have. I was like, did you guys see this? And but as you said, none of us went that next step. I did not tweet anything. I was like, I don't yeah. have enough information here. Um, yeah, 
And I, I think even a part of me was like, oh my gosh, if this is true, this is like, uh, but it turned out that yes, there was just this man in Nigeria who's a huge Buttigieg and Liz Smith fan. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Which is uh, which is kind of uh, which is kind of uh, awesome in a way. Uh, yeah, I wonder if anyone's done a follow up story now that uh, Buttigieg just you know dropped out. Of, see how he's doing. Yeah, I do have his contact <laughs> info. I could reach back out. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I wonder if the internet's metabolism is too fast for that though. Yeah, and on that note, when you're before your story came out, but oh no, it was some sometime in between. Uh, a popular Twitter personality had was tweeting it out, and I tweeted him i don't usually i don't really spend a lot of time like getting into it with people or things like that but i was but he he has like a lot of followers well i don't know if it's a he or a she because it's an anonymous account which is another issue and i said hey you know this i think it was after your story came out i said hey you know this is wrong you need to take this down Mm -hmm. and you know he did what what people do in conspiracies he doubled down yeah doubled down and said well it's it's a it's like it, it turned out it turned into like this like parallax view if you're a fan of like conspiracy movies, he's like, no, well that guy could be working for somewhere else. I'm like, you know what? I don't have time for this. Like, yeah. Uh, I, I very, I saw that too. Um, I got a lot of pushback, like, which is, is not normal. And like, I get it. Like you definitely should be like interrogating these kinds of things, but like questioning and interrogation is like also, it's still not an excuse to hold on to like the current narrative. Right. Like, um, you can like wonder why this guy, you know, spent $4,000 if it was a good idea, why he didn't do X, Y, and Z. And like all of these things are like legitimate questions. And like, I asked him about all of them, but like those kinds of doubts, like don't warrant like spinning the narrative of him being uh, an astroturf or something like that. Um, it just warrants like questioning and like probing. Um, and I think just like looking at these things with like a fine, like, I guess sense of nuance is like appropriate. Don't go overboard. Like you said, yeah, I mean, I know at Forensic News, we you know we we follow the money. We don't care where it, we follow the money. Not the um, it's not like a political agenda. So, you know, I've noticed like when we do stories about Trump, get they're very popular. But people do get upset when some once in a while the story, you know, if a Democrat pops in there, it's like that's not my job is to not uh, do that. As you know, uh, yeah, it's to uh, follow the money, follow the truth. And so you you see on this case, people got very upset that. They think it's like you're trying to destroy the right wing. No one's saying that there is an astroturfing. We're saying it wasn't Michael Murphy who owns the antique shop. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and like, I mean, I know the reporters, the, one of the reporters of the Washington Post that did the story that did reveal the actual instances of like uh, either astroturfing or something adjacent to it for a lot of these protests. He's a great reporter. He did a good story. And like, I don't doubt any of his work at all. It's just like these things are separate things and like they don't have to compete, which I guess people, I don't know, had a hard time getting uh, grasping. So I want to ask you, as a reporter, when you start looking into this, how do you determine that Michael Murphy just had another intention and that let's just say uh, what the what the Redditors might say, which is that he's lying to you. How did you determine the truth in this case, uh, Ellie? Yeah, so I mean, there's a couple things. Like one, like initially, like, I listened to him, the level of detail that he talked about with, like, I, he seemed trustworthy, but like, that's not enough on its own. Mm. Um, and so like, we just went over like all the details as to like why, I mean, we didn't go, like I asked him as like a bunch of things, like probed him on like, and he gave me answers that like checked out and like made sense to some relative degree. And then ultimately, um, he ended up giving me like, uh, conversations that he had, um, 
like over like email documents of his email conversations that he had like proving um, what he was saying was like things that he had already been trying to do like prior to any of this. Um, but ultimately too, like even if I didn't have that, like uh, it's still like he, he still has the right to like tell his side of the story, especially in the absence of any sort of damning information. Like, um, I mean, if I knew he was lying, like I wouldn't, if I had any reason to doubt his story, like truly or thought it wasn't like legitimate in any way, like we're not going to run that. But if he's like saying something that like seems like relatively valid, um, there's no obvious holes in it. And like, you know, he, no one has any damning evidence against him. Like he has every right to defend himself. And like, if he says like, Hey, like, no, this is actually the case. Like, and we, we note that we're just saying that he said this, like, um, you know, I think that's still like that's ethical and like those kinds of stories are good. In this case, we had more information than that, which was really helpful and made my life a lot easier. But like, um, I don't know. I, I do think that's fair. Yeah. And I think a key thing. And again, this is what, what we do at Forensic News. The You had the documents. He provided you with documents and communications before this happened, showing that yeah. what his intentions were. Yeah. Uh, so important, uh, I think, in this in this type of work to, to be yeah. able to. And for your own peace of mind, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, having having those documents is always big. So do you have any thoughts on I don't know, just Reddit and mis misinformation in general and uh and why why these things happen and how we can make these things not happen? Any thoughts on that? Yeah, there's such a long history of these kinds of things happening on like both Twitter, like we talked about with uh, the list method, the, uh, the guy fan in Nigeria, but then also on Reddit um, back when the after the Boston bombings, um, Reddit like thought I found the guy that did it. It was the wrong guy. And they just have a history of doing these kinds of things. And like <laughs> having good intentions is like fine, but like you don't have to like doing doing something isn't necessarily important i think there's this like i want to say it's a teddy Roosevelt quote and it's like there's three kinds of action like you can do something uh you can do the right thing or the wrong thing but just like don't do nothing i think that's like a really terrible way to think about these kinds of things i think he's really bad quote and he's really wrong um sometimes just like sitting back and not doing anything is like useful until like more information can be found out and like reddit could definitely do a better job like policing its platform it's just like not just with these kinds of issues but um with like sort of like far-right content it's been a tremendous hub and vehicle and they've like gotten better over the years but um they really do i think rely too much on the community and like don't they don't have as much money so i'm a little sympathetic to their cause but like they they really rely too much on the community and like don't have their own checks in place in the same kinds of ways I and I have like just this other. This is like more my like a personal opinion, but it's it's just so like annoying to me as a writer. And I don't know what you think about this, but I just I constantly wonder why did these 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 idiotic posts on Medium and Reddit that go viral? Why are they so poorly written? That drives me <laughs> crazy. Do you have any yeah. I, as a writer? Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I don't want to be like too too gatekeepy but yeah i guess it's just like if you're not like practiced then like you don't have like an editor who's like um one making your writing better but then showing you repeatedly how to making your writing better like it's it's not going to be better but like in some cases it's like okay like uh i read gucci Mane's autobiography and it's like written in a style that like is not like conventionally good writing but it is like tremendously interesting and like ultimately i think it's his own type of good writing but most cases most of these guys are not doing that they're doing their own thing and it, it often isn't good and i don't know and I want to be fair to you, backslash uh, Dr. Midnight, who wrote the um, piece that ruined Michael Murphy's life for three days. Uh, his piece actually wasn't that poorly written. 
Uh, but <laughs> just as a writer, it drives me like it's like I don't know. I just I picture I played a, a movie in my head sometimes. I'm like, what is the anatomy of a, a viral post gone wrong? And I think about the person who wrote it, and I'm picturing like someone after a long day of work. It's like they just sit down and like I, I, I'm sure like like most writers like you probably agonize like I do over every word and and did I get it right and you know you wake up. And then these people seem to like fire this thing off in between like microwaving some waffles or something. <laughs> it just goes around the world. It's like, what? Yeah. Like, like I, yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't know. I, and I think a lot of like, most people have the capacity to be solid writers. It's just like, you have to practice and like, you know, if, the, if it's the, probably not practiced. <laughs> yeah. Like I think about medium too. Like, why is the post always like, the title is always like, you guys won't believe what I found after um edit like it's like what wait what like yeah why is this not capitalized and medium's been like such a big purveyor of like misinformation too like mm. it's given rise to uh the the not epidemiologist who publishes <laughs> like this viral paper and it's like i'm i'm really do appreciate like that everyone has the ability to contribute and some of my favorite forms of media are like independent diy people who just like have the ability to go outside the bounds of like traditional institutions but like some of my least favorite people too are also people who have come up through that medium. So it's like, I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. I, I, I worked on a piece. I took a break from the podcast for a couple of months and, and I worked on this long kind of like investigative piece. And I just remember like, I was like agonizing over it. Cause it's about, as you know, th- this is about real people and words are, there's a reason why um, that old phrase, you know, the pen is mightier than the sword. I mean, yeah. if I get something wrong, if, if any of us do, you know, you can, we could ruin someone's life. I mean, they, yeah. and it's so like, that means so much to like, I know like you and I, like not getting it wrong. It's gotta be right. Uh, yeah. and I just wish, I guess somehow we have to see if, if these, uh, online sites can maybe take a, a piece of that advice. Yeah. Yeah. And like Reddit's policy technically doesn't allow doxing, but like, I mean, in this case, like they, they basically dox the guy without outright, like putting his information down, like, uh, maybe they should adjust their policies to like allow like functional uh, doxing or like circumventing like to I don't know to handle these sort of circumventions better because as best as I can tell like the post is never um, in their term actioned in any specific way. Yeah. So, and now the post has like again it's like 1984. It's the post the part yeah. that was the harmful part is gone. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which is so I hadn't seen that they stripped the bit like kind of leading to him. The only part that's in there now is the part really from what I remember that was true where he where Dr. Midnight fingered the um door uh, brothers. the door brothers and uh yeah. yeah that's it. So that that kind of bothered me too cuz I wanted to talk about that with you and I could not find it cuz it's gone. Yeah, that's um that's really and, frustrating. And and the, and the user uh Dr. Midnight he did point he or she did point out that hey I edited this and you know this thing got a little crazy, you know. yeah the qualifying remark hey you know i didn't you know i didn't i'm sorry this happened but it's like uh uh, ali any final thoughts on uh reddit disinformation your piece anything you're working on anything you want to talk about on the show um i mean i think disinformation like in regards to coronavirus is like at an all-time high right now everyone really feels like they want to help slash like feels like they're in danger and like spreading information can help them in any way and it's like i guess just like 
my urges don't mean anything but like i guess i just urge people to be careful and like not like exacerbate these things or make them worse or believe things that they shouldn't that are suspicious and if anyone wants to uh, find you submit tips uh misinformation which you'll throw in the garbage where do they find you on twitter and uh yeah, yeah. just my name ali breland uh no spaces no underscores no dots a-l-i-b-r-e-l-a-n-d and like from there you can find my information um like from my encrypted chat um and my proton mail is le.breland at protonmail.com well i just want to say i appreciate you uh bringing light to this and you know i'm sure mr murphy does more than anybody <laughs> yeah he he seemed grateful he really wanted to try to find a home for those urls so he, he wanted to do the right thing and it's yeah. it's so important so i really appreciate you coming on the show and i, I hope we can do this one again soon thank you for listening Follow Forensic News on Twitter at Forensic Newsnet. Counterintelligence is at Intel Pod. My personal account is Eric LeVay. Support Forensic News on Patreon. Subscribe to Counterintelligence everywhere you listen to podcasts. This is Eric LeVay, and this is Counterintelligence.